So, uh, last session, you all had a ripping good time with the Titan of Suridal, uh, this unleashed, unearthed mechanical beast that had been awoken at the end of the prior session, uh, which you spent a good amount of time just beating the tar out of disassembling and getting your butts a little whipped around, but ultimately no worse for the wear, as you found yourself pretty darn capable of handling it. Uh, you did manage to uh, d uh, knock apart many pieces of this me mechanical titan, and at the end of the day, stood tall and victorious over it. Um, after all that, you uh, were escorted back to the Moth Keep uh, to talk with Ilaria about what exactly had happened, and from there were more a little coerced to go meet with Eldari Bluehaven, the steward of Turval, now acting as the Lord Protector of the Realm, and a little uninterested, it seems, in the job. And he made clear to you some plans to have uh, Duchess Vilia Whis Whisperblade of Illamund essentially symbolically conquer Turval and take over the Moth Keep and that kind of thing. You guys, naturally, were not very happy with this. Well, yeah. Um, so, he had some objections, and uh, with some uh, news from... Uh, or, sorry, with some uh, careful discussion with the uh, Lord Protector, you managed to, essentially, gain an audience uh, with a couple extra people. Queensblade Chasori and uh, Liarel's daughter, Queen uh, Dem Keldan de Burka. After making this known, there's a minor shit show that broke out, but to summarize things briefly, Eldari agreed to convene the small council to discuss this further, and Vilia uh, seemed a bit miffed, but seemed to accept this. Uh, Keldan slunk back off to St. Neva's Abbey, and you all, after quite a bit of tracking around the city, perhaps eight total hours of just tracking around, walking, uh, find yourself, perhaps one of your last activities for the day, back in the Moth Keep, uh, descending to the questionable secret dungeon for political prisoners and whatnots under the Moth Keep to interrogate these people. And after a brief discussion on the nature of soul scarring and whatnot, you find yourself here. So, what would you like to do? So, uh, Foza, are you comfortable waiting outside the door? Um, yes, if that's alright with you, but if you do need me, do not hesitate to call for me. Sure, we'll, uh, knock on the door if, if we need your help, but hopefully it won't come to that. Indeed, yes. Uh... You guys ready? Uh, perhaps a, a good luck charm of sorts. And I'll place my hand on Malar's shoulder and cast um, Enhance Ability on myself and him. Okay. What are you enhancing for my edification? Uh, a Charisma, which is something okay. something. I think Eagle Splendor. I believe so. Okay. So, yeah. Eagle Splendor. Is this twinned or is this uh, third level? Uh, twinned. Okay, thank you. Okay. 
You do so. Alright. I don't suspect this gnome will be quite as... What's the word? Forthcoming as... Our dear friend from the docks, so... Let's see what read we get and work from there, I suppose. Okay. Heard. The, uh, attending guard, who you would actually recognize as the, uh... The Asimar woman who, uh... Was one uh, who was helping accompany uh, Alaria last night by the name of Shined, uh opens the gateway and it creaks open, and you actually see two both of these gnomes here uh, uh, shackled to essentially opposite ends of the room. I, I will say out of game, they are essentially a package deal. They're basically one character, and they only have a single interrogation t- table. So I'm not running two interrogations, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, conjoined twins, I see. Cool. Yeah. Alright, no worries. With that said, they sort of regard you and just like little. I don't know, just sort of resentments on their faces as they. as you approach. Ah, evening. Well. I almost want to start with commending you on having a functioning titan in the square, but, you know, unfortunately it was a matter of necessity to put an end to that. Yeah, yeah, no need to, no need to patronize us, it's whatever. We get it, we get it, don't we? You're gonna throw the book at us, etc, etc. The book? I'm hardly interested in books. Does this really seem like a place for books? And Artemis will kind of just look around at the grimy underground cell. The, uh, the female gnome artificer speaks up just, yeah, I, I have, we're, we're just prisoners here, aren't we? This is, this is going to suck, isn't it? Well, that entirely depends on you and how much you help us. Oh, wow. Um, no due process. I see how it is. Well, Eschel barbarians. You know, we're not, well, having just been, had a weapon of mass destruction set on us, you know, tit for tat, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You're not exactly innocent over there. It wasn't personal, it's just business. Oh. And what business might that be? Uh, well, uh, the uh, male artifice, uh, the, the male artifice looks out. Well, uh, enough, uh, a truly ludicrous sum of money, I'll say. All it was, all it was. And, you know, for out of work gnomes like us, that seems like, seems amazing. You know, 50 or 500 gold pieces is a sum of money never even have dreamed of. But here it was. And that's just profits. And that, mind you, it's not, like, contingent on us finding good ways to ship the thing in, in multiple pieces. No, the overhead was separate. Oh, I really must commend your industry, then. And it is quite understandable in times like these to... So jump at any job you can get. I mean, that's why I'm here, or why we're here ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Nyberg's Quill and Clocks. Nyberg's Quills and Clocks. That's uh, that's the company that hired us. Ah. Um, too astute people such as yourselves. Is this a new business, or have they been around the block? They seemed... I don't know. Frankly, it seemed like, you know... It, it, well, it, they seemed a little shady, like we couldn't find much of a history with them. Maybe it's the kind of thing, shady shell company that people sit up with, but you know, figured everything's going to be shady for this kind of money. <laughs> That's quite understandable. Uh, and um, So oh, this sorry. Titan, uh, this Titan seemed, even, even just the pieces, it was pretty huge. How do a couple small fellows like you get that into the square <laughs> bit by bit you must have had some help did you really craft that detonator <sighs> well we're two of the four I, I don't know if you noticed but we're two of the foremost minds of Suridal you know we, we literally got kicked out of Ezune for our experiments reasserting control over the swarms of the, of the northern wastes. I don't know, he seemed to beat that toy up pretty quickly. Yeah, because it was just one titan. You know how hard it was to move that thing? We had to dig it up, bring it over a quarter of the globe just to get here. Now, I'd like to see you, girly, in a fight against 12 of them, a or more, you know. <laughs> I bet your confidence will be knocked down real fast in the swarm of, uh, as you face the swarms on the wastes. Uh, I bet they'd write songs about it. Yes. I bet I'd find myself on the winning side. Well, we'll see what you're doing as you're trying to deactivate the foundries of the northern wastes where these machines are just growing themselves more and more, holding back ever. Speaking of multiple titans, was your order this contract just for one? Just for one? <laughs> just one. Do you know how many there are? Do you know how many, or how hard it would be to, to move those things? You know how hard it was? That thing is huge. Like, and the labor they brought us is too stupid to do more than just one. All those brutes could do is just move a single thing. Move things and do- and move them where we tell them to. Oh my gosh, Javel, you don't need to go tell them everything. I mean, telling us everything makes your life easier by extension of making our lives easier, right? Yeah. I guess. You guys seem like pretty sharp and smart people. I'm glad we can come to a little bit of an agreement there. Yeah. It would be, it would be a shame to waste such astute minds in a underground cell like this. So please, help us help you. These, uh, these brutes, um, could you tell us more about them? Uh, make me a persuasion check. I shall. I, uh, I did not mean to cast Firebolt. Javel bursts into flames as you execute a prisoner, you monster. 
Well, yep, this interrogation went faster than yeah, that. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> that, that fireball came two minutes too early. Um, <laughs> 24 for persuasion. Alright, cool. What about these brutes? Um, what, were they, do they seem like mindless drones? Mechanical? Organic? Or? Oh no, god, you get, what, do you, it's not like you eschel folk to have, you know, uh, to have, like, you know, automaton servants here. Man, you guys, gnomes don't really make it on this continent, and, uh, and the first mind knows that none of y'all, none of y'all are able to, uh, make it, or none of y'all are clever enough to do otherwise, or to do this kind of, kind of thing yourself. <laughs> it must be it must be quite frustrating. Um, but that's why they hire experts such as yourself, I'm sure. Well, hmm. Yeah. So, let's get this right. Nybuds, quills and clocks, obviously shady and shelly company, but big payout for a big mech in the middle of the town square. Um Useless kind of brain dead help. Look, they're just Our dock hands, and you know they're 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 tall folk dock hands. Like we can't expect too much from them. Yes, quite understandably. Who? Um, so you were contacted through a company. Were who were they represented by? Well, ultimately, they were represented by this really, really arrogant lady. Um. You know, tall, like pointy ears, maybe. Uh, does that uh, match the description of the um, the bard lady uh, person? Inasha, yeah. Inasha, yeah. yes. Yeah, uh, like red hair, goggles, red. Well, I guess not red. Like not like red, red, but like you know, God, how how would you describe Auburn? it? Strawberry blonde, auburn. God, I oh. I don't know. Yeah, how however you want to describe it. You know, goggles. Uh, arrogance is all hell. Artemis will give a a knowing look to the party, like this this fucking person again. <laughs> uh, of course it was great, lovely. Hmm. Yeah, and there was some real shady stuff going on, right? I think. It was really hard to get a hold of this Inasha person. She was, like, really... Um... She was on a boat, right? And, like, the boat, like, just moves around all the damn time, so it was really hard to get a hold of her if you actually needed to find something. Hmm. Ah. Good to know. And we're know. talking one mask, two mask, big, small style of boat. I know it may not be in your... Wheelhouse, but you know, anything to narrow down. God, I. Hey, look, we should. I, I don't know, like, two mast? That sounds. Two or three. God. Okay. Maybe we didn't pay that much attention to that bit. No, no, it was definitely three masts. It, we had to. It, it, it was the same boat we used to help sail from. Uh, uh, to help sail from the north. And those other titans you mentioned. Where have you planted those? Uh, they didn't plant any other titans. 
Oh, sorry. Uh, they, they were just, like, taunting you because there are essentially other titans that just... So, to briefly summarize it, um, Cyrodiil is very unapologetically the Horizon Zero Dawn consonant, and so there are just organically growing machines from there. <laughs> and, like, it's... A, there, there's essentially this horrifying swarm that's taking control of the central consonants, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. to, to put it briefly. Got it, got it, got it. And essentially... It's a real problem. <laughs> Seems like it. Um, let me see. Yeah, but a single titan was a ton of trouble to, to, um, uh, to do, uh, to move, for example, and like, like they were paid fifty-five thousand or fifty-five hundred gold, and for comparison, you guys were paid like. 50 gold pieces to move uh, uh, for like two weeks of mercenary work, I think, was the number. Is that the right? Thereabouts. Yeah. yeah. And so, if it, why go through all that trouble to bring the pieces to the square to begin with? What was your plan? To Obviously, you didn't plan to unleash it tonight. Or I mean... We weren't paid to. Th- we weren't paid to have opinions about it, just to do it. Do what? Just to just to bury the thing and then have a way to wake it up, you know. Well, I suppose we should ask then. What was the timeline they gave you? Did you have a particular deadline to have the job completed? Eh, it was supposed to be like three or four nights from now. Um, gosh, it it was. Yeah, it, uh, right, it, we were supposed to have it done by Fessurin 10, uh, it's the 8th now, so, you know, it's just, a, we, we were pretty much on schedule, there were a few parts missing still, but, you know, we weren't too worried. We heard there was, like, a hit on the, on some of the moving operations, but, uh, so, like, we may be missing a module or two, but, you know, it's, it, it would be fine. Artemis just has the, you know, kind of chilling thought of, oh, it wasn't complete. Huh. There is a reason its stat block was called the Incomplete Titan. <laughs> no, okay, you know... I thought you just needed some friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um... So, I guess, um, I'll hand them each, you know, a piece of ration and say, Alright, I... Or, oh yeah, a ration each. It's like, look, so... But yeah, let's let's not beat around the bush. You two have been helpful. And we appreciate that and we'll certainly pass the help back around. Um, I know things are hard to remember when you're hungry. So please take a second, see if you could rack your brains for the name of the free master. Um, that might be a very pertinent piece of this puzzle. The name of the what? The name of the uh, boat. Oh. Uh, pff, it was guy. It was the. Uh, it was uh, something about shards. God, what was it called? I don't know. Boats aren't really my thing. Shards, yeah. Something I like shards. 
I can walk with something sharp. Okay. Uh, Artemis will look towards uh, Nemia and Malar. Um, like, out of character, we have, uh, you know, it was a shell company, pretty shady. Um, yeah, Inasha obviously hired them. The deadline was supposed to be in like three or four days. And um, uh, the name of the ship of the three mastered boat is something sharps, maybe. Yep, yep. And then, like, there's this. Uh like the brutes as well yes uh pretty simple um help sweet sweet cool yeah i think that's pretty pretty solid well uh thank you for the cooperation and uh, we'll, we'll definitely be in touch, and hopefully we can uh, make sure that we uh, follow through on that due process or whatever you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, make a uh, persuasion check for me. Oof. Oof. They look around at the thing at the uh, dismal chambers and say. Yeah, I... I'm sure that's a thing that's going to happen. And they say it with such sarcasm that it doesn't take very high passive insight to realize that they don't exactly have the most faith that you're actually negotiating uh, with them. <laughs> uh, if, it, if it's obvious that they're filled with disdain, I'll say, um... I know my word means as little as anything else in here, but... On my honor as a gentleman and as a father, this is me giving you my word that this help will not, this good deed will not go undone. Yeah, you really want to help? Help us get you our do. money. Like, we're probably going to miss out on the last 500 gold pieces of our payment just because of, of what you've done. All right. So if we shake down this lady and find an obscene amount of money, we know where to direct it to, eh? Sure, yeah. Okay. And is there anyone it should be directed to, or should it be held, held safe until you're ready? Eh, I don't know. What's the worst? There, there, I mean, this, there's like, you know, this, there's, they're probably going to hand out like sentences for humans, so, you know, we just wait, like... 10 or 20 years and we'll probably be out of prison and then we'll just wait for it then, you know? Fair enough. Uh, that's a really... <laughs> for the record, that's a really, really reductionist way of thinking about things and I do not want to be in here for 10 or 20 years. <laughs> Long life they that's may have. Spirit. No, it's just boring. Oh, yes. There's... <laughs> so many stories one could tell to pass the time. Which is why I'll welcome that for you. Malor, what are you doing while this all is going down? Um, wondering a few things. One such being... I don't know. I lost it. Okay, well. 
let me know when you come come back to it. But Artemis, uh, as you give them at least a vague promise of doing this, can you give me a, um, a persuasion check? Uh, yeah, just to like see if you can make amends with what uh, make amends uh, with your statements. Okay. All my promises are vague promises. <laughs> no, I don't know. Okay. You get the sense that you're somewhat patching things up and, like, they're at least not... They, they're not actively resenting you, at least. Great. That's all I can ask for. Uh, so, do you know what the Titan was supposed to do once you activate? In the square was supposed to just crush everything near it and destroy all in a round, or did it have a specific goal in mind? Oh, wow, this is. Oh, oh, I am so glad no one's ever asked about this sort of thing. They were all just so very boring. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. Okay, 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 okay. Um, okay. Uh, so, uh, the way Titans grow themselves, they essentially have this, like, Thing at their center where they're just hardwired uh, with a set of directives for what they're going to do, you know? Normally it's just really boring, it's gonna be like, go crush this halfling town, or go, uh, go guard this mountain or something equally asinine like that. But yeah, we were asked to make, synthesize our own program for the Titan. What was the program to do? Okay, uh, to, be, to be clear, the, the program was just uh, to go rip up and tear up the area, and specifically, uh, you know, the eastern side of the square. Um, but, you know, so it's really a rudimentary program when it gets down to it, but, you know, um, it, it was, you know, it was fun. It was fun doing, you know. No one, no one else in Ezune really appreciated our work, and they didn't want to just go risk things with reprogramming the Titans, and so they didn't like us, and, you know, that gets lonely. So you reprogrammed the murder bot to be a slightly different murder bot. You, you make that sound so trivial. Yeah. I feel like there's much better things to do with giant robots than kill people, but... I mean, not. yeah, but, like, this is just an iteration of the step. Or, this is just a step in an iteration, you know? Um, we... Like, you know, no one else has funded um, the ability to go search for, you know what we're doing so, uh, uh, for reprogramming titans. They just want to destroy them and rip them apart and maybe, if you're lucky, smelt them down for, for material. Uh, by the way, if you'd like, Malar, you can roll a persuasion check. I believe you'd have advantage for the, on this because of Eagle Splendor. He would, yes. Okay. Hey! So they seem at least a little more actively engaged since you uh, did at least get them to talk more about their work more than the fact that they're essentially just terrorists um, ripping up the town at least. So, um, just so to make sure I can understand, they um, so they reprogrammed it to be um, 
So slightly less murdery, like more controllable, was it? It's still controllable, but it was specifically, or it's still pretty murdery, but it's like, it, it was directed to crush specific segments of the square. Okay, got it. Specifically the eastern edge of the square. Oh, is that where the Abbey is? It's towards where the Abbey is, yeah. Oh, okay. So, these, all these other titans you talk about back in Cyrodiil, there's giant swarms of them, right? Yeah, I mean, and... not all of them are just like this kind of titan. This is, or not, well, not all of them are like titan class uh, machines. Um, some of them are like the size of small horses, and like we have these really, really cute ones that are like chicken sized, although they bite, so they're really mean. Oh, yeah, they're the worst. I hate them. <laughs> really annoying little shits. There's few other people like yourselves that would be looking to reprogram them and assemble an army of some sorts. I mean, we're considered pretty daring for what we do, and we, we've just reprogrammed, like, one, one of these, uh, one of these machines, you know? Breaking it off from the swarm and, and, and like, you know, it's, it's a lot of work, and so, you know, and considering that's literally, and considering that, like, like, little swarms of robots is kind of what got us into this mess, eh, no one else is really eager to do it. To be clear, what she's, ta what she's talking about is essentially that the, uh, the machine swarms were essentially um, gnomish, uh, were gnomish creations that got out of hand, so. Yeah. That's what anyone with a passive history of, like, uh, 13 or higher would know. They, yeah, they were trained to fight ha the halflings, right? Yeah, essentially. There's a bitter war between the halflings and the gnomes, and the gnomes decided, hey, let's make death bots, and they did. And, like, every single thing that happens in every single, um, science fiction story happened. Yeah, they, they programmed the death bots to target short people, like halflings, but they forget they were short as well. It's more nuanced than that, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funnier if it isn't, though. It's just, tar kill short people. That's the entire code in the robot. Um, yeah, that's that's my personal uh, idea. Hide your kids. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, a, a great question, Malar, by the way. Or oh, cheese, you know, both of you. Yeah, um... I'm not sure I have any more questions at the time. Uh, we may return, though. Yeah. I don't know. If you find that uh, Inasha lady, go squeeze her for our money, you know? We know she. We, we know vaguely oh, no, the right. technique yep. to find her, but we don't know. Like we 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 didn't bother calculating it because we were a few, uh, we were pretty much on schedule, so you know, we didn't think about it. But you know, as uh, it, it's worth mentioning, we know how to find her. How would you meet with her? Uh, would you uh, find her ship, or would they so, send a? Yeah, yeah basically you? the way I understand the way we, we were told this right. She essentially, we essentially, her her ship is moving around, right? And where it was is sort of encoded in the, uh, encoded in, in like, the uh, string of some religious text or the other, right? 
And we, we bothered, like, doing it for a sentence for, like, a few, like, for, I don't know, two or three weeks back, but we haven't gotten it for up to, up to date today, you know? Mm. But, you know, we know at least how she was using it. So essentially, the way this works is, uh, and, and listen carefully to this one, right? Uh, so basically, uh, there was this religious text, right? Um, what was it called? Uh, it was called the uh, Fourth Revelation of the Shattered Lord. They'd be up into like, I don't know, chapter 3 of verse 6 of the New Kelberon translation. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, basically, um, you go trace through the, uh, th you trace through the thing, uh, take the first letter of each word, and, right, and then so you say, okay, and then you convert that to a number, you know, just like A equals 1, B equals 2, and, and it's like, there's 10 total things, so like, you know, uh, I think it's like L, is it, no, that's not L, is it L? Whatever the 11th letter of the alphabet is, is also a 1, you know, and so forth, and then number after that is a two, etc, etc. So, you know, technically, I think that's kind of stupid because it gives, like, uh, one through six more love, or, or, yeah, one through six more love. But, you know, yeah. And then, like, basically, each each of these ten positions, or each of these ten numbers that you get from the religious text gives a new position for each successive day. And that's basically it. And we knew what, like, position seven was, uh, position seven would be just outside the uh, shipyard, uh, uh, just outside the shipyard, in the tide wall. So you know, pretty easy stuff. But you know, there were there wasn't going to be a couple sevens for right now. So I don't know. We were we were disinterested and we lost track of it. Uh, it's not our fault. Well, uh, this is this is just for my own personal amusement as Artemis tries to wrap his mind around that. Hmm. Got it. Hmm. And this text we can get anywhere? I mean, probably it's kind of a specialized thing. Like, we... Uh, you'd probably want to go to a library or something, but, like, I don't know, you could probably pick it up. Ah, cool. It certainly is curious. Uh, when, when did you... When was position seven? Uh, when did you last touch base? Position... well, we... Position seven was the last time... The last time we did it, we used it, it was maybe... Uh, I don't know, like, two weeks ago? Okay, so you hadn't done, so the calculations for your next uh, liaison has not been done yet. Yeah. Two weeks ago, also for the record, would be uh, Sidon Star the 25th, I think. I think Sidon Star has 32 days. But it would basically be actually pretty far back. Like, literally the time you were meeting Keldan, I think, is the, where it falls in the timeline. It's been ten hey. weeks already? <laughs> it's only been two weeks. Some of that was downtime. Okay, so I guess, uh... So if we brought you this book, do you think that you could work out the next, uh... The next meetup, 
and then uh, we'll shake them down for that money. I mean, if you really want to, yeah. Or you could probably even do it yourself with the techniques we told you. Cool, cool. As long as, yeah, as, you th as long as we can do it with what you said, perfect. <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're just racking our brains. <laughs> yeah, I guess, exactly. I guess, uh, hopefully the next time we, we meet, we'll have your gold and we'll, you'll have our trust. <laughs> Right, right. Well, I guess we're stuck in here till then, aren't we? Something. I will see to it that you're more comfortable at the very least. Right, right. Uh. One of you make me a. Just a general charisma check. Uh, well, actually, are you guys finishing this off, or...? Um, I, I'm... I think I've asked everything I can think of. My brain spell... My brain cells are... Empty. Okay. Yeah. Uh, could someone, someone just make a general charisma check for me as you guys leave? If I may volunteer... Sure. Okay, just enough. Uh, Artemis, as you're beginning to close up the cell, I say, One more thing, pretty boy. One more thing. Oh, yes, of course. You ever heard of Nistel's magic aura? Yes, we're unfortunately recently acquainted with it. There, you can use it to help mask magical signatures. Or give the wrong magical signatures. Keep that in mind. We shall. Thank you. Artemis has a very um, contemplative look on his face. Alright, so you reconvene, and uh, Shined, the guard, uh, closes the cell back up and just locks it down. And you find yourself again at the base of the questionable dungeon. Well... How did it go? Do we have any new leads? It actually seems like we have a sizable one. Um, both in the artificer we encountered at the dockyards um, and on more of the intention behind the uh, organization at large. Um, Yeah, so we can uh, discuss the details uh, w once we get out of here. Not the most pleasant environment. So just, I guess, walk upstairs and potentially tell a guard that if we could maybe get some 
nicer, secure cells for them. Okay. As you depart the Quest Terminal Secret Dungeon and you exit, you actually, as you leave the uh, hidden trapdoor and move into the atrium, you actually bump straight into Alaria, who appears to be coming to uh, the uh, trapdoor. It's just, oh, there you are. Okay, I need to talk to you pretty urgently. Yeah, please lead on. Yes. After you. She looks around and she says, So, they, after theatrics earlier today, they've started looking more into what what, what we're doing. And Eldari wasn't too happy with it. Or at least he wasn't too happy with being off the, uh, out of the, uh, uh, uh how, how would I describe it? Uh, you know, just sort of out of the standard chain of command, you know, since we don't officially have spy ma- since we don't officially have spies, but, you know, we kind of need them. He was not at all happy, and, like, uh, especially with the tension with Vilia earlier, kind of undermined things. Are they threatening to kick us out of this investigation? bit more than threatening, unfortunately. I'm getting slapped on the wrist, too. Uh, something about, like, suspending habeas corpus uh, during a time of peace uh, for Turval citizens and what... Which I, I, I kind of get, but at the same time, holy shit, we are in trouble, you know? Yes, that has some concerning implications. Yeah, so, basically, tentatively speaking... Or investigations off for at least like four to five days, you know. Can't officially work on any of this. And the guards unfortunately have been informed of all this, and so they're gonna be a little less lenient if you go poking around in any official capacity, so you know. Be careful. Yes, we'll certainly not do any official investigating. Yeah, well, Strictly speaking, I'm not even supposed to talk to you very much after this, um, but, you know, uh, you know, if, uh, if you ever happen to be in the area, I'm sure, you know, if you're ever, like, I'm sure you might see, uh, my, you might see, you might see Mara around sometimes, you know, I'm sure she'd have opinions and, you know, she'd find it in her time to visit the Noble Duck sometimes. Oh, actually, would you be able to assist us? We have a leave. If um, Mara is able to procure uh, a certain text for us, uh, the fourth revelation of the Shattered uh, Lord, uh, the yeah, Kelvin yeah, okay, translation. Okay. Artemis, Artemis, please. Okay, I'm, strictly speaking, not supposed to be talking to you right now, and I don't want to make this much worse, but calm down. She works at the library. Go to the Woven Archives and bother her tomorrow or whenever, wherever if you want to. Okay, we understand. Thank you for the info. Yeah. I'll let you know yeah. if and when things cool down. And hopefully uh, whatever their ego is uh, cools down in uh, in a couple days after I have that small council meeting. But, you know, and hopefully we'll be back on it because this is not safe what they're doing. It's reactive and stupid, you know. Absolutely. Yes, well, understood. There's nothing stopping us from keeping in touch with you with Descending Stone. 
Unless they took it from you. Uh, uh, no, I, I still have it. Yeah. yeah, mine's under lockdown for a bit, though. Uh, Dad put me in timeout. She just rolls her eyes. Hmm. Well, maybe uh, I'll, I'll finally send uh, that animal friend I, I've been talking about. Maybe. I don't know. If I can be smart and discreet, that would be definitely be helpful. Or, but again, yes, maybe. I, I understand. Uh, we'll we'll make ourselves scarce. Thank yeah. you, and sorry worse for comes trouble. To worse. Yeah, and worse comes to worse, you know. Maybe, maybe the woven archives might be a better place to send things. Like, just for the time being. Makes sense. Yes. And just start making my way out. I'll fall into me. Warmus. The same. See you again. Depart into the night air of Turval. Very calm. It's maybe you stayed in there a good a good long while. It's maybe nine in the night at the time at the moment. Uh, you're just gonna go to the uh, to light or to your various residences. Uh, yeah, after we give, yeah, make sure foes is briefed and... Okay. Cool, cool. So, as you return to the various bits of the mo of the North Ward and Lightport from whence you came... Uh, uneventful, mostly. And it's an uneasy night. There were many things that happened over the past day, so... Oh, you're having a complicate, complicated feelings about that. Those things are a bit more locked down. You may press the long rest. Uh, bleh, I can't talk. You may press the long rest button if you haven't already. Uh, and the next day comes. Uh, I assume you guys are reconvening. And where would you like to go from there? Or, well, a couple things, I guess. Uh, during the morning, uh, little Kalath would come back to you, and she'd, you know, report that she didn't find anything in particular, but, you know, she'll... She and her and Genlin will be keeping their eyes out. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you for the update, and then uh, I'll, I'll give her... Uh, is it just me, or, or is everybody there? Uh, we can say everyone's here. Okay, cool. So, uh... Yeah, so if you I, have I further information for them, then, or anything else you'd like to give them, then that's your choice. If not, then I'll see Oh, yeah, choice. well, I... Could you, uh... Um, could you, uh, be on the lookout for a ship with, uh, the name Shard in it? Maybe something like that? Yes, it has three masts. Three mat. All right. And she just, like, uh, blinks her eyes and just, like, <laughs> makes a suggestive look at the, uh, at the kitchen of the noble duck. I'll, I'll put seven gold towards what she's buying. Okay. It's only a small pudding, but yeah, you can remove five silver pieces as she buys a still pretty swanky pudding from, uh, 
Oh, uh, well, I'll, I'll just, I'll just give it, I'll give it two, so she can keep the change. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, she again like uses her like just general child cuteness to con you out guys out of pudding. Then <laughs> Winston, of course, uh, is delighted by this. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm just curious, does it look like that she's been sleeping all right? Yeah, she's been sleeping all right. Mm-hmm. So, the day is yours, though. Um, you guys are not officially on the case, so there's a bit of there's a bit of um, complications here. But where would you guys like to go? Take a nice civilian stroll to the library, perhaps? Yeah, sure. Yes, that sounds fine. And, be- and before we leave, I'll sort of look at Keyleth. Um, goodbye, little one. Be safe. Bye, Miss Mask. Don't be so weird. <laughs> I'll try not to. <laughs> I'll I'll make no such promises, but do take care. Okay. You make your way for it, it takes a bit. You're going again to the opposite end of the city, unfortunately. But you make your way to a destination which you it's been a it's been a while since you were here. The uh Silk Ward, and you can see again uh various white mulberry trees lining the avenue and several of the various uh, lepidopterum keepers just harvesting a few leaves here and there uh, to go feed the silkworms of their various businesses but the alleyway leaves um just barely um a few of them starting to change color somewhat uh i don't know if they actually do that for the record so if they if Silk, uh, if mulberry trees don't actually do that, then I'm sorry, but you know, this is my world. They just do. (laughs) Yeah, but um, they've only started to barely start to turn with the uh, with the uh, slight uh, ends coming towards the uh, hot season of the of Turval. And as you stride down the beautiful cobblestone lined alleyway, uh, you come across the simple brownstone building again. The, uh, woven archives. As you're entering the woven archive, you can see a few of the various archivists uh, standing by. You see in the robes of the of the woven archive, it's like, well, halfling man just striding imperiously around. This, like, elven woman uh, with, like, sort of purplish hair and just, like, going and shelving books, this uh, blue tiefling woman, just doing this, and by and by, you are able to find Archivist Mara. Ah, Archivist uh, Mara, how are you today? Oh, um, hello. I I haven't seen you guys in a bit, but it's so good to see you. Likewise, um, we're here on very casual business, so to speak. Just looking for a particular text more than anything. Well, I uh, casually <laughs> hope that you have a good time. 
uh, if there's anything I can help you with, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure it would be very productive. Uh, Artemis will, um, in, in hushed tones, because we're in polite society, um, ask, ask her for the fourth revelation of the Shattered Lord, and, uh, you know, the, the new Calboron translation. Oh, wow, that's, uh, it's a bit of a tall thing. You, you sure you need the new Calboron translation? We have the, uh, East Eshel translation, and the, uh, Southern Cyrodiil translation here as well, probably. Uh, Southern Cyrodiil? Who even They're... uses this one? Jeez. They were very specific. Yeah, no, the scholars are kind of hacks, and I don't know how they translated it from the original Abyssal. But, um... There you go. She leads you, um, to one quiet corner of the Woven Archives. It's on the second floor. Um, there's... Um, it's essentially, looking around, you see... Uh... You essentially see, um, the, um what looks to be um, the religious section of this place. And it's pretty big, right? There's a lot of various religious factions um, detailing or detailed here, right? So this is essentially just the, the, the Holy Works reference book for several different factions. But she takes you in and after a bit of sorting, she it takes a climbing a ladder to find the exact translation, but she is able to find one of the many, one of the several copies actually of the of the New Kelbron translation of the Fourth Revelation of the Shattered Lord. Ah, oh, we appreciate Hello. your thirdness. This is quite the collection you have here. That is the purpose of libraries, my dear. They're wonderful. Um, you know, just the collected works of centuries and the collected knowledge. This is how we advance as a civilization, you know? Just writing down for those who we don't know will come after us. It's beautiful in its own way. Even though we're all from very diverse places, you know? Archivist Brioche there is uh, from Suridal, And he has, I'm sure, so many opinions about things. But here, here there's just peace and knowledge and... It's something that even though I grew up... Who's texting me? Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's quite alright. Uh, I, I have a, another book I might be looking for. Do you have anything about Sir Dolly Titans? Uh, anything you'd recommend? Um, is this just like a... Uh... I, I guess the question, I, I guess my question is, is this more about the, um, about a, uh, like the historical context behind them, or like, are, are you asking about like the mechanical con construction? Because the mechanical bits might be a bit more, um, it might be a bit more of a focused, um, thing, and like, I'm not sure we have that kind of, that kind of knowledge. That might be like, uh, you know, Mage Guild type stuff, or, well, not, not, like, specifically, like, the, so I'm, I'm not talking, like, ma like, Turval Mage Guild, I'm just, like, talking about, like, it's the kind of thing that, you know, y y that's the kind of thing that gets shoved to, you know, specialized collections, if you will. 
no, uh, the history of it will be quite nice. Sure. Um, so, uh, off-continental history is in, that is that way. She points to a separate, um, uh, corner of the room, or, uh, corner of the library. And, uh, you know, uh, the purple-haired one over there is Archivist Juniper. She's kind of mean, but, you know, she can point you further if you need. Well, um, thank you, then. And Malor will shamble off and begin looking through the books. Would you be able to point me towards a section of historical figures? Uh, probably. Any particular historical figure? I'll sort of, uh, go into a more, uh, hushed tone. Um, I'm looking for more information on Alchemist Yastrana. Hmm. She's a bit of a... I mean, she's a near-contemporary figure, so... Uh, work on her will be sparse. We might have a few things in, like, just... Contemporary biographies, maybe? I don't I don't know. That that way. Uh, uh, talk to Archivist Brioche if you need help. He's a, he's a short one. I All heard right. that. Very well, thank you. <laughs> okay. So, uh, since we appear to have split off a few different ways, um, let's go first to Artemis and Nemia, who appear, I think are the ones who are still here, uh, looking at the fourth revelation of the Shattered Lord. Hey. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> I'm just I'm laughing because I was like I was literally about to ask Fozzy, you know, Fozzy, you know religious texts and Mala, you're you're bookish. I'm gonna have you guys look at this <laughs> well, I mean you can you can grab Fozzy. Nah nah, do your do your do your thing. If we if we hit a dead end we'll we'll let you know. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Nemia and Artemis, as you look at this text, uh, what you find uh, in the specific chapter and verse that they'd um, uh, that the artificers had pointed to, although they didn't specify how exactly far in they were, but they you read this: "Darkness shrouds us, ever waiting our Lord's return, and still bound as it is, the shattered Lord provides." While few shall claim to know the full design, ignorance and fear must not prevail. Okay, first set of each word. Gonna paste it in the main oh, chat Brenna, as well. are you, are you, Brenna, are you uh, doing the thing? Okay, yeah. Okay, you got that, which I will promptly kick over to the uh, main chat, actually. Um, yeah, so you got that, and then, yeah, there's the encoding to worry about. But, as I leave Artemis and Nemia to stew on that, let us go to, uh, Malar, you were the one who asked first. So you're just asking for historical context behind these things? Uh, yeah, I kind of want to know more about them, because they're not something I've heard much about, and they sound kind of cool. Okay, um, yeah, you're able to find, um, 
an account of Cyrodiil written from the perspective, or written as just like a general historical overview. Basically, from what you're told, or from what the book tells you, um, Cyrodiil, for much of the Second Age, was embroiled in a fierce war between the um, uh, between the the Hinfolk and the Gnomes, and they, roughly speaking, split the continent in two, and the center had just sort of turned into this smoking waste of. Honestly, some of the most brutal wars that Mardil has ever seen. Um, so, that was a thing. And there was one specific gnome, uh, who's, and her name was uh, Yeeb, uh, Yeeb Gobblefern. Uh, sorry, ye ugh, I can't speak. Ye uh, Yeeb Whittlefern. Um, and the thing is, that's... Uh, she had this essential idea, which she presented to the uh, Council of Artificers. Uh, and her idea essentially was to send automated death machines to go hunt the, the hunters of, of the halflings. And so, the first few expeditions were successful. Um, and this, honestly, this conflict raged so much that it essentially bled out, or it essentially completely doled out a lot of the other horrors of the Second Age, like, such as the fact that the, um, the Second Age was where it really became clear that the reincarnation cycles was being broken, and people were, and where soul scarring first began to manifest, uh, because it clearly only began happening after the Great Planar War, but, um, the, uh, to put it, uh, to put it succinctly, right, essentially the gnomes began to rely on the, the automated um, war machines more and more until they made things that were too clever for them. And then for whatever reasons, uh, one of their swarms of machines stopped responding, and it got so efficient that um, it essentially um, um, started killing all their other swarms sent to do it, or even, even worse, sometimes assimilating the swarms wholesale. And then the swarm became an entity in and of itself. And as the Third Age dawned, the Third Age, which was brought about by the ascension of Saint Chiara the Branded, um, as one of the first few souls to make it off of Mardil since the First Age, and um, and the first Paladin. Um, but as the Third Age dawned, um, it became clear that the machines were taking over the center waste of Cyrodiil. And so, there has been a tenuous peace for the past, like, 400 to 300 years between the gnomes and the halflings as they try to beat back the ever-growing and ever-advancing horde of, of machines that are taking over um, the central Cyrodiil. Anything else in particular you're looking for in regards to Cyrodiil? Or do I have to make more lore? <laughs> No, that was absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, Stella. Valor hasn't actually read that much recently, and his eyes kind of hurt focusing on a page that long. He's thinks that's kind of cool and happy that he's learned this. So, yeah, it's actually kind of cool that you guys uh, asked to do the side, little side readings while yeah, while the rest of your team is um, looking at things. Um, so, 
Foza, works about Alchemist Eastron are, are not very commonly found. Um, really, looking around the contemporary accounts, you can only find a few things, right? She was also from Eshel, right? She was maybe, um, specifically, she would have been born uh, in Milfiori and would have drifted towards the Free West. And she would end to, to, uh, where, like, Drewsgate and the likes and some other smaller cities are. And would have spent a lot of time just making a name for herself there. And just essentially, from what you can tell, she started off relatively nice and then just sort of veered off into... She started off well-regarded and then just sort of veered off into, like, her uh, very clearly amoral trajectory uh, of life. And so people began to note the viciousness uh, with which she regarded the world and, like, the cruelty and the utter horror that some of her creations brought. And it was said that, essentially, about... Let's see. I believe the current year is... Let me check this. 457 of the Third Age? Yeah, it's the year 457 of the Third Age. Mm -hmm. uh, she was struck down in... Oh god, math. Oh no! I, I, I was trying to do math and then I, I was clicking around and I closed the roll 20. Oh no. You killed the world. Yeah, I, I guess that's... Uh, she was struck down in year 431 of the Third Age. Mm -hmm. And the current year is... 457. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hmm. Makes you nostalgic, doesn't it? Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, Artemis and, uh, Nemia, as you come to this, you are left with a rather long string of numbers, but only one position where you actually know what it is. And that is a position which unfortunately does not appear on the string. Well. Hmm. That's certainly curious. Um, translate, finish translating. Six, nine, three, ten. Yeah, so. I don't know. What insights do you want to share about the, uh, about this, uh, thing you've decoded? Um, so because the general impression that these are like, uh, what, um, like, almost like longitude, longitude-esque? From the way they described it, each number uniquely describes a position within the port at which the ship will dock, right? At a given night, right? And each successive number is a successive night. Oh, and we know what seven is, but there's no seven here. Yeah. And moreover, uh, they had sort of lost track of it, so they're not entirely sure. The last time they were at seven was like two weeks ago, but that's not a good metric because we don't have seven. Um, seven would be a G a Q, or a Q. Um, are there any like in on like right before the passage? Are there any G or Q starting words? You can. Uh, I'll say you can see them. Yes, but they're like. There's in, there are enough positions that it's a bit vague as to where you are. Um, 
Like, or it's not entirely clear, I'd say, where you are in the puzzle, or where you are in this string. So you might need more information to figure out uh, sort of what's, it's like exactly line yourself up with a specific port position here. Okay. Hmm. Well, they could be doing this in a very simple way, which is the higher the number, the higher the position uh, geographically from south to north. Or, of course, it could be the inverse, and then we're kind of back to nowhere. Huh. Huh. I'm. My literary. Uh. Deconstruction, deconstruction skills really only extend to stories. I, uh, certainly not in my real house. Any insights, Nemia? I see two instances of uh, one nine and then a break and then one nine right after it. And then there's also a uh, I, I see like a Five three five, and then a uh, what is it? Also a ten one ten. I'm not sure. So I guess what what do we know? What are the facts? I guess. Um, I think the most common number is nine. And positions, they, they, we knew that they were on position seven, which was uh, one, you knew, two, three, You knew where four, position seven was five, specifically, but it's like seven. far in the back and far in the future relative to, relative to here. And where exactly you are in the string of numbers doesn't really, is a little fuzzy, so you're not sure. But okay. still, the patterns are insightful, I will say. And so while you think you might not have enough information to, to pin this down now, um, you get the sense that you might be able to combine this with some info in regards to your uh, little elven friends uh, scouting the docks, and perhaps it may be able to help you track down this ship. Cool. Um. So, is there anything else you want to do in the? Uh, I uh, guess yeah. In the woven archives. Or? Yeah, as we're kind of wrapping this up, um, I I want to go over uh, to Mara and, and like quietly ask her if she has any uh, books about soul scarring. Soul scarring. Hmm. There's a couple different books on the theory of it. Like, is there any particular aspect of it you're searching for? Uh, like, uh, any cases of it being re reverse slash healed slash something like that? Hmm. Excuse me, gentlemen and lady. Um, and she cheerfully takes you away from here. Uh, Malar, Artemis, and Foza, you're left with your various books. Um, she takes you to a uh, 
another section further in the back, cloistered. And this is a chained library when you see it, right? Um, this being essentially a old-timey reference section where uh, valuable books were hidden. But it's essentially caged up, and she pulls a small key out from her necklace and just unlocks it. <laughs> Door opens, and you see. Okay. So, these are texts which we have perhaps the only copy of, so we can't really lend them out. But I can leave you here. She pulls one down in particular. Uh, right, so this is uh, one of these... Uh, it's, uh, some collected works of a few different people. Some of the first mind, and some others written by followers of... She drops her voice even further. Followers of the liberated voice. Ah, yeah, that I, I'm sure I can find what I need in there nicely. Thank you. Okay. Uh, should I get you when I'm done, or just put it back and lock up the way I found it? You, if you could just find me when you can, or well, just signal signal for me to come over. Um, it will be useful. Yes. Um, will do. Just don't stay too long either. I'm sorry, but the these are. Per these are personal notes, like, this isn't, like, copied or anything, so it's, they're very rare and very important. Of course. Um, and so, yes, I, I go and I start, like, looking through, like, extremely carefully, um, looking for any, uh, references to healing, uh, especially, like, using a liberated voice. Okay. So, the machinist texts are... Flipping through them, because you don't have a crazy amount. Or, well, flipping through the machinist texts, um, they're very dry, and to you, they don't seem very helpful, right? They just say that soul-scarring is the manifestation of awful deeds, and essentially bringing that to light, and uh, that the resurrection cycle will eventually be reset uh, when Primus uh, again uh, again, re breaks and remakes the wheel, um, which you recognize as just dry and boring machinist uh, drabble, you know, to, to mm. you. That's what it is. Death. Um, now, the stuff about the, from the first mind. What you get is more... You search through it, and uh, perhaps to your displeasure, there's not exactly a... Um, a hard instructions on curing it. However, there's a lot more. There's a lot more note uh, documentation from various sources about attempts to cure, um, uh, attempts to cure soul scarring. Right? Because it seems, or it would seem to these people that soul scarring affects everyone equally. It affects machinist uh, Celestine and uh, those that follow the voice equally and. Those even who follow, God forbid, the for, the old gods or the Shattered Lord itself. Um, really. Death does not discriminate. It does discriminate between the sinners and the saints, because the saints get oh. off the... Uh, I'm sorry. Because the saints no, get off the, was, uh, the material plane. I was plane, doing it like, already. Oh my god. Um, but yeah. 
Um, according, however, from, from looking around, the, the general teachings of the liberated voice seem more about, like, warmth as a concept and abstract experimentation, right? And you flip through, and some of the experiments are, like, some of the experiments stop at very gentle things, some of them stop at, or some of them go further to atrocities, right? Um, you see, for example, people who just try, um, uh, essentially just, like, outright horrifying things, it's like, essentially trying to, uh, try to keep this within, like, session zero boundaries, but essentially trying to, uh, mutilate parts of the, of, of their subjects to see if that, those were essentially the sources of the, uh, sickness, and other, like, if you can imagine, like, medieval, um, like, ster like, stereotypical medieval doctrine applied to a religious doctrine, that's, you can find many of those practices just applied, right? You can find yep. essentially, uh, 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 soul leeches applied to the thing, right? It, a lot of this just does not work, right? And extraction of the soul at the moment of purposefully killing people uh, didn't work, um, specifically because they were able to find that the person had reincarnated once they released the soul. Um, all sorts of very questionable things, but also uh, the thing that strikes you is this, it's, a lot of this is very impersonal and whatnot, you know? Even with this focus on experimentation, it doesn't really offer much insight on, uh, on like compassion and the warmth that you personally would feel in your in your association with the shadow or with the uh, liberated voice. Mm -hmm. And so, that is one observation that you reading this would have. Um, that's you know. Okay. Cool. Yeah, for all their all the various arcane means tested, it seems just very. It strikes you as very impersonal attempts to cure. Cool. And yeah, risky. Cool, cool, cool. Definitely on the experimentation side. Okay, awesome. Uh, so yeah, I kind of like yeah, try to wrap this up quickly, and I get uh, Mara's attention and say, "Excuse me, I, th I think I'm finished up here. Thank you." for uh, letting me back here. Hopefully yeah, she, everything's okay. Yeah, she very carefully shelves the book and like straightens the chain of the chained library and then locks up the section. Oh. Well. Uh, I, she, as you guys are perhaps departing the woven archives, Mara will say, well, I hope to, I unofficially would say, uh, keep up the good fight. Oh, you know what? Can I talk to you about one other thing? I, I just thought about this, you know. Sure. Yeah, well, yes, of course. I, I'm kind of sad that Euterpe didn't really talk to us when she was going to ship off that sword. Like, she just, like, oh, ooh, cool sword, cool sword. It's got celestial writing on it, and then, boom, it, nope. It, it We see it once, and then she just ships it off to Drew's Gate. Old god Torog, stuff like that. Just, I don't know. I, I'm a little sad, you know. Are you are you sad about that? I just, I kind of wanted to see it again, but yeah, I I guess. Actually, uh, we forgot to mention that we got a letter. Uh, I think I might still have it, and I'll just go into my bag and pull out the letter, and 
Yeah, yeah. This is this is the same thing, basically. She, she sent me something very similar, you know? Well, uh -huh. I, I guess not with this little bit at the end about about wanting to have the, uh, wanting to have a professional, um, uh, about wanting to have, you know, a professional relationship. I mean, I guess we sort of have that to a lesser extent, although I'm, I'm not really, uh, you know, a fighter as much as you guys, so, you know, um, yeah, no, no worries at all. Um, I am pretty close with uh, Lady Uterpy, and I was actually hoping hoping to get some work for her now that uh, we seem to have some time on our hands. So uh, I'll, I'll let you know uh, if we find out more about that cool, cool sword. Yeah, well, okay. Thanks. There's, there's no problem at all. Thank you for letting us... Peruse your selection. Okay, yeah. So you guys can spend, narratively spend a bit more time as you want at the, uh, uh, looking over the various books and Artemis, you would in fact be able to check. They're not very fancy books that you'd be able to check out. Like, a lot of this is like a medieval library that where you're more meant to, like, it's more of a medieval scriptorium where you're meant to stay. But there are, like, simple, simple things that you would be able to log out for Minerva. Minerva. All right. Redeed is done. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, they may send Modrons after you if you don't return it in time. Cool. But in all <laughs> seriousness, um, so it is 826 right now. What I'm going to say is, uh, let's take a five-minute break, and what I'm actually yes. going to say is we're going to zoom the lens out a bit and have a few days of, like, just narrative downtime as you figure some things out. Uh, so, as you do this, well, I have a few things in mind for where you guys are going this session. Uh, if you have anything else you'd like to accomplish during this downtime, uh, let me know. However, uh, oh, it's 827. Um, uh, it's 827 right now. Uh, if you guys could be back at 32, get some water. Go pee. Coco. Have fun. Okay. So, as the days tick on, unease settles over, um, settles over the city of Turval. And over, we'll zoom out for a bit and then before coming back to you all. But, um, over the course of the next few days, you thought it was supposed to be hushed up, but news both of Vilya's uh, schemes and, uh, not to put it uncharitably, and uh, Keldan's heritage do leak out somehow into the public. And as the various, uh, and as you variously uh, traverse this, uh, the streets of Turval, you're all beset with voices and you hear many things about, you know, people, about, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the Church of the First Minds backing Vilya about the Ascendancy making a play for the Crown, about the Titan uh, being the first strike by the Church uh, upon the Ascendancy, all sorts of things, all sorts of tension. And as Vil word of Vilya's conquest has leaked out, people are more than a little unhappy when a ship comes down the Turn River bearing a small complement of Illamundian um, infantry. 
But as this all happens, uh, Nemia, we'll we'll start with you because I know you got you gotta burn some time or you gotta get out of here pretty quickly. What would you cool, be doing yeah. in like the four or five in let's say the five days where in between where you left off and as you as you wait? Um, yeah. So first, um, I'm going to like a uh, potentially with permission from the group be like uh, maybe we should uh, send out feelers to Lady Uterpe. Um so I might uh, like write her a letter and start that contact um, and send that out uh, and then um, in the meantime I would be uh, working nightly at the duck uh, writing mm-hmm. some new material and like studying writing what down I can remember from the library and into my notes um and uh Nemia is definitely spending a lot of time thinking about um soul scarring and and Foza and and people in her past that she's seen soul scarred and feels inspired uh and starts to uh write a song I think and she'll test out the uh, material the the noble duck a little bit and, and kind of get that going Okay. So, it's a bit of unorthodox and definitely not your usual fare. And so, you know, there's some reception is middling. Uh, If you want, you can make a performance check. I'll say you can have advantage on this because you are also proficient in religion. And so, I think your training there would also have a benefit for you as you attempt to make quite a play here. And say many radical things. Ay. It's unorthodox material, but it's surprisingly a good chunk of the crowd receives it well. It slaps, yeah. It's it's all uh, vague, and it just basically the song is just talking about yeah warmth and heat and fire in general, uh, and yeah, like uh, not nothing obviously uh, too too crazy. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I will say also this will double as your, uh, like, uh, downtime, we'll say your downtime activity is vaguely, uh, works, uh, performing, um, Mm -hmm. um, and this will be your way of doing it, so you're actually, it's actually very good, um, uh, you're able to make, uh, essentially, uh, 20 gold pieces, which is actually more than enough, even with Winston somewhat subsidizing your room and board. Um, you would only owe him 5 gold pieces at the uh, towards the end of this time. Um, so, you more than make it back uh, in your time there. And you do draw a good number of people to the duck, and it's wonderful. And, like, perhaps, I don't know, how does Nemia feel about, like, just... Drawing about drawing a crowd about uh, about the oh yeah she loves it she absolutely loves it and she's happy to bring uh it she like is happy to share in the attention because that means uh more customers for Winston and more tips for me and it's just kind of like sharing the the wealth like yeah I I imagine that like the the bar boy is also like friends with me and Winston and he kind of like runs like a beer to me and it's just kind of like a nice kind of like 
he probably the the bar boy also probably lives there, something like that. So yeah. we're kind of like a little little family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There would be, in fact, be a bar boy there um, by the name of Weston. He's a halfling. He's cool. Oh, now that sounds too much like Winston. Winston and Weston. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm sticking with it. Um. Yeah. Um. He's only really recently came on within the past few months, but you know. Your time here does help you bond more, and you know, you know, it seems, well, it seems nervous at first, he now sort of gets it, and you actually do manage to, on one particular, particularly prosperous night when Winston actually had to turn a few, few people away from the bar, uh, you did manage to, like, get Weston up on stage to go help dance with you, and it was all very well and good. Uh, very fun night. Towards the end of all this, you do see, uh, a familiar face in the crowd, Lady Euterpe Lionseeker. As uh, applause dies down as you descend from the stage to again uh, return to the floor of the bar and uh, the uh, to go get a customary drink and, you know, there's a very familiar voice that comes to you. My dear, that was inspiring. I haven't seen anything like that in quite some time. Well, I guess oh, I don't so... have... <laughs> Sorry. I guess I haven't seen it ever, but, you know, uniquely you and beautiful. I got your letter, by the way. Oh, wonderful. I'm glad you got the letter and we're able to see the show. It's yeah. uh, some new material that I'm working on. I'm, I'm glad you like it. Yes, well, it may, be another, it may be another month or two before I'm ready for a private showing, unfortunately, but I will keep you on the, on the tabs uh, as for more you know, forceful work. Um, we might be able to have some openings for that. Some, you know, I'm looking to, I'm looking to invest in sort of a private army, if you will, if that's uh, the kind of thing you'd be interested in, or at least just think about. Uh, sure. Yes. Uh, now yeah. that I've been uh, adventuring with my group so much, uh, I'll have to get their opinion on it. But I'll definitely keep that in mind. Yeah. Essentially, uh, yeah. Smiling, sort flash of. or smile. She smiles back with like a, it's like a very wide cat-like grin. Yes, um, you know, troubled times, you know, sort of, it may be useful to have essentially a private militarized con uh, contract, you know, just uh, help protect capital interests around the city, you see. And, you know, if you'd like to get in on the ground floor, I'm sure it could be a profitable thing, especially with conflict seemingly looming large on the horizon. I don't know if you've heard about the... The machinists and the Celestines being at each other's throats with these two, what with these two successors for the queen, making their way around. I don't know. It's all very droll, but you know, I intend to land on my feet. Ah, uh, so very cat-like. My favorite. <laughs> yes, and she um, smiles I'll let with you this know. overly wide, sort of almost hungry grin at this, at the prospect of this potentially horrifying civil war that may be looming on the horizon. <sighs> yeah, so I, Nemia is definitely uncomfortable with this, but she's trying to, like, not let Usurpy like, know it at all, and is kind of, like, definitely trying to hide it. Um, oh. and making it seem like she's into the idea, although she doesn't know if she is yet. Well, give me, uh, if you are interested, then definitely... Definitely. Come see me. I'm. I've heard that you were had some 
you and your friends had some involvements, uh, say, at the, uh, at the inner square, and I just find that fascinating. And so, if you would like... <clears throat> oh my gosh, my voice. If you would like to join in this venture, then that is something, certainly, to be interested in. Ah, yes, absolutely. I I'll be in touch. Okay. Is there anything in particular that's, uh, well, narratively zoom out again a bit, but is there anything else ne Nemia would be uh, interested in doing in the short bit of downtime? Just... Um, no, that's probably it. If, if anything, she would probably want to go meet up with the group probably sooner than they would want to meet up with her, because she's just like that, so... Yeah. Alright, if you'd like... Probably ready. Can, yeah. If you'd like, you can also roll me a religion check, just to... I don't know. We'll, we'll say this is you exploring new aspects of your faith, um, and just seeing, especially through the lens of looking at a case of soul scarring and like how you think you do this. Okay. Uh, you think about this, and you, while you craft a song that's very beautiful, you don't. You're not entirely sure you have something on your hands, and there, it, you're not sure how much of this is just like beautiful works versus like is this something that will help with uh with people's predicaments with soul scarring so well Got you it. find it interesting with an 11 you're not gonna get you're not gonna feel too much uh inspired on the religious front anyway yeah, I, I guess uh, the the performance kind of got to my head, and I was more flattered with the attention than really polishing the song up. Yeah, it's a bit of an unfortunate business, but yeah. okay. So we'll zoom out a bit and let's engage Malar. What would you be doing uh, from the? I think. I'll need to double check the dates, but I think the dates will be the uh, um, the tenth to the fifteenth of Fessuren. Uh, there's a couple things on my mind. I want to be checking the dock manifest that I have to try to see if I can pinpoint that ship at all. I doubt I can because it's pretty old at this point, but. Considering we're not working at an official capacity, I can't get a new one. Yeah. You do find about four or five different ships uh, with the name Shard in them. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. The Wind's Shard. Uh, Destiny's Shard. The Mirror's Shard. The Tide Shard. The Exuberant Shard. Uh, what was the fourth one? Uh, the Tide Shard? Or yes. the one after? Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so you do... We'll say you are making stops at the duck, and so you do see some of Nemius things, and, like, you do... Um, forward this info also to uh, Kalath and uh, and Genlin. Uh, Kalath shows up a bit more because Genlin nominally works as a dock hand, although with what they, with their flamboyant appearance every single time they see you, you kind of doubt how hard they actually work, but you know, maybe that's judging too much, but you know, 
you have a few leads and you get even though you're clamped down a bit you get a few things um, a few leads to follow Other than that, he wants to write a letter back to his uh, parents' estate in Illamond, uh, detailing like what he's been up to recently, because he hasn't talked to them in quite a while, and a lot of small talk about that. But then I'll also go asking the state of the city with the ruler, the Duchess, not being there for a time, and what's happening to her there now that she's bringing most of her forces to Turville. Yeah. So, you would know that Duchess Vilia is married, um, and so you'd assume that uh, Duke Consort's Menethil Whisperblade would be um, probably the person in charge, although she does have also this whole... A very you, you would know that there is a very tedious bureaucracy that Vilia set up in, in Illumin. It is very absurdly organized, and like, down to the last T, right? Cause don't forget, like, when you met her, she was, like, bragging about, like, a 12% increase in the gardening program. Which seems hideously droll, but like it, I think it's a good illustration of the kind of administration she runs. But um, yeah, you would be able to ask on that sort of thing. Uh, do you have the text of the letter, or is that just generally what you want to say? I will write it and send to you either today or tomorrow. Okay, fair enough. I, I don't have it quite yet. Um, I will say, there are... A couple different options to send the letter home. Um, there are, there is a, uh, you can send it via a courier, a letter to Illumins. There is a regular route of mail that goes that way, and while it would take perhaps a few days on horseback to get there, um, you could send it in the bulk of the mail for three silver pieces, right? Which is not bad. And, um, this is a letter. Uh, packages and whatnot would be somewhat more. But um, Illumind is Turval's cl uh, closest and most powerful ally, so there is regular traffic between the two towns, between the two cities. Um, the other option you have is a sendingram, and essentially what this is is a... While, you don't, while they're not very powerful mages, there are, like, mages unaffiliated with the Mages Guild, and they're more... they're like a... Uh, uh, what they do essentially is they are trained in only the sending spell and they're commissioned to send to people in other cities and so while this would obviously not give you the option of privacy it would give you the option of or it would give you the option to translate or to uh transmit far faster and get a response far faster like perhaps within a day or two of uh uh for that um, so that would be like a six silver pieces for a 22-word block, because they have to send some metadata with that, or five silver pieces for a single 20-word message. I'm going to send a letter, because I haven't talked to them for a while, and I need to say quite a bit. Okay. That's fair. Um, so yeah, it's probably going to take a bit of time, and... They will, well, they may write to you in letter. I don't know. You've experienced some big changes in your life, Malor. So, I don't know. You may be getting an earful via sendingram sometime sooner or later. But who knows? Then the only thing that else that Malor wants to do is he wants to just start spreading rumors among the common people about 
uh, pretty much everything that they've been keeping quiet, other than like the secret dungeon underneath the moth keep. He wants to keep that secret, but pretty much everything else they learned, he just wants to spread rumors about the dangers of the war and uh, that Vilya is trying to conquer the city and try to make her out as a bad person and get the people a little bit angry and scared. Okay, and so you're you're spreading rumors specifically, or, well, rumors which are definitely based in truth, specifically about the Duchess of Illamond, about Vilya. Yes. Okay, interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think how to flavor this. Mala just walks into a bar and he's like, "That fucking Duchess, huh?" <laughs> okay. So, I want you to give me a couple different things. Uh, if you could give me two successive rolls, which will help dictate how successfully you spread these, right? One of these will be an insight roll. Basically to figure out, like, as you go around the city, you try to figure out, okay, well, who is important and who, it, who should I uh, sort of talk, who, who's in the know, who should I talk to? And the second, I will say, is a persuasion roll, because essentially, or, well, yeah, we'll say persuasion, right? It, it's sort of... I, I don't want to say deception, because, like, it, it, you're not really being untruthful. Um, you're just, like, forcefully projecting w what exactly your opinions are, so I think that falls more in the doma domain of persuasion more so than uh, some of the other charisma checks, but, yeah. Okay. Not particularly great at insight or persuasion you do sp spread these things um you're not entirely sure how you feel about the people who you talk to but you know you you try as you might and you do talk to quite a good number of people with so many people um so many people around right um that said um you feel like a lot of your words get lost in a sea of other rumors, right? Many of which are not true, many of which are clear distortions. Like, for example, going back to, uh, to the rumor mill, you hear of yourself being talked of as a, as a giant who punched the Suridali Titan to death. Uh, you, hear of, uh, you hear of this explosion in Velvin's goods being hushed up by the governments. You hear of these... Uh, this terrorist attack which the government is like doesn't want you to know about here you get this general sense of tension between the two religious fact the two major religious factions in the city and you get a lot of speculation about like where did this dem Keldan de Berger come from why why is she here is she really the daughter of the queen that seems so convenient that she would just appear so soon uh, after the queen's death, you know. However, you feel like your voice is largely drowned out in the uh, sea of other rumors. So, while yes, you do find many sympathetic ears being like, "Yeah, screw that Vilya, like person," you know, it doesn't. Your rumors don't carry much farther than other rumors. I would say, is the sense you get. I try my best. Yeah. Would you be staying in Lightport or in, in flop houses in Lightport or um, people in or places in the North Ward or just bouncing about as you do sometimes? Um, 
He's going to stay at uh, one or two places in Lightport moving around. Okay. Uh, roll me 2d4 times 5. Oh, at times five? What? Uh, just roll me 2d4 and we'll multiply it by oh. five, I guess. Okay. Okay. There. Yeah, so... For your time there, they're pretty hideous lodgings, but you do manage to... Um, you do manage to find a few flop houses, and you only spend what amounts to two and a half gold uh, over the course of your time there. Um, but... As you are here, um, one not very special day, the uh, the twelfth of Vesurin. Uh, as you come down down from a day, there's a one of the the keeper of the flop house. They look at you and say, uh, they they knock on your door and they say, "Oi, tall man, there's a." There's a lady here to see you. All right then, and I'll go to meet them. Come down, and you see, um, flanked by a few of the very serious-looking knights that you've seen, is Duchess Vilia, your aunt. She looks a little sad, and at this point she has not symbolically conquered the city, but she does have more troops stationed there, so she's just Looking sad at you. Oh, my sweet nephew. Uh, I. And you're here. Just, are you are you are you so poor that you've been reduced to living here? Offense to that. But I don't live here because I'm poor. I live here because I can. Like, look at this place. There's there's bugs in the corner. Oh, indeed. She just wrinkles her nose at that visibly. My nephew, I wanted to apologize for losing my temper at you the last time I saw you. Okay. Is that all you will say? Okay. Well, I understand that, uh... Tensions are high in the city right now, and uh, you're under a lot of stress. You have no idea. My nephew, this morning I was... Well, not I. Eldari was visited by a... By a man claiming to be from... From the Vedropolitan Empire, bearing the seal, so... Is where it seems true. Demanding tribute from Terval, since news of the Queen's death has traveled up there. That's not great news. No. What kind of tribute uh, were they looking for? Thousands of crowns, thousands of gold pieces. More than Terval could ever realistically produce for a long time before its economy would break. More than the Southern Concord, perhaps, could produce. It's really not good, then. They want them to beg. 
or they want to claim Cassus Belly, a reason to war. I told you, my nephew, they are warmongers, and we have we are right to fear them. Well, it's something that we're going to have to deal with in the future, then. Perhaps. She just shifts uncomfortably, and you see some of the Valkyrie knights behind her just attempt to straighten up. Is that all the news uh, you have, then? I, I do not know. I... Family is very important to me, Malar. I, and you, despite your family not sharing blood, we are... I, I, I consider myself tied very importantly to House Roran. And I, I do not wish for there to be bad blood between us. But I'm scared, and I do, I, I do not wish there, I, I, I do not wish for the conqueror to be conquered. Well, all we can do right now is hope, pray, and try to fix the problems we have before new ones pop up. Yes. Do you have evidence that this Keldan uh, is Liarel's daughter? Dang it! I, I, make, I keep mixing up her accent with Shasori's uh, accent, which sucks because I can't really do either of them. But um, do you have evidence that there's um, that this Keldan is is Liarel's daughter? Was that a question or a statement? I didn't. Uh, it is sort of a question, like, what do you know beyond, beyond Shasori's word, I think is the thrust of it. Oh, well, I haven't done much delving into it, and it's not exactly something I need to find, uh, so just the word of some people, and I don't know how powerful that can be, though. I'll tell you this, Malor. As it is right now, I am conflicted, and many within the Inner Council are more so, and perhaps, you know why they want me to, you know why some of them want me to rule this city? It's because I can get things done, and even lacking a claim to divine birthright, this seems a bridge too far for many of them. I... I should go. I forgot how to say words. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say to her, though. She... nods, and, like, she and her Valkyries depart again in the direction of the Moth Keep. She smiles at you. As she leaves, and you notice she very notably does not attempt to, like, make any further judgments of your life choices or questions, so. Yeah. That's that. Yay. 
Yeah. Nothing further comes of that. Or at least not immediately. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to do in your downtime, though? As you turn? Uh, no. Okay. So. Go to... I don't know. Pose or Artemis, which of you wants to go first? Uh, you can go, Jono. Uh, sure. Alright. Okay. Artemis, you'd be having a rather lovely few days. Um, do you take a bit of a backseat from this investigation? Um, what would you be doing? Um, okay, so the default is, you know, spending quality time with my family. I'd probably go pick up the rats if they're ready. Um, yes, because... <laughs> they are uh, indeed ready. Um, your opal looks at you with a bit of trepidation as you present... Uh, Holly with the, uh, I think we said they would be like, uh, sort of skins, right? They would be like tiny little furs. Yes, basically. Yeah. And, you know, they're very nicely laid out, um, for your, uh, where it's your, uh, Holly, pro or not Holly, oh jeez, I'm getting things mixed uh, up. Minerva. Minerva. <laughs> um, promptly, um, she's very chuffed about them, and she, like, essentially takes them all and just puts them hangs them high on her, like, wall of daddy's things, and, like, you know, you see a bunch of things. You see one of the bandanas from the from the bandits. Uh, you see the prismatic... I think you gave her a prismatic dragon scale, is that right? Yep. Yeah, so she would have a little collection, or I, I guess a little shelf of things uh, that your adventures gave her. And she's <laughs> super happy about this, and she's uh, eagerly just listening on your knees to every word you say about your, you and your friend's adventures. Um, the only thing outside from that is I'd probably, um, head to see if I could, um, go to the disgruntled dolphin. Um, maybe at least one of the knights, because, um, I still like performing, even though, um, I've gotten, you know, a good chunk of money in to, um, ease, you know, ease that particular burden. Okay. Yeah. Uh, da -da, where are they? So, Yeah. You head to Old uh, Town for... Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead, please. You head to Old Town for a few nights, and um, you, you'd be doing, what, your illusion show? Uh, basically, I have the... Uh, especially with Major Image now, um, instead of Silent Image, I'd basically be doing a... Uh, a dramatic retelling of the... Um, Prismatic Dragon Fight. Okay. And I have a, like a little intro I do as well. Okay. Uh, so, Cecil and Carla, who are the owners of this uh, disgruntled dolphin, are very pleased to see you. Although they do take you, they do take a couple nights to like get you sort of booked um, here, because like you, your schedule's a bit more sporadic, and you don't have the, uh, you, you don't have quite as close a relationship. Uh, as like Nemia and Cease and uh, Winston do, right. but um, um, but um, you know, you are able eventually to get a few uh, a few nights um at the Disgruntled Dolphin, and uh, you know, if you could give me a performance check. Okay. Um, 
Let me let me give you the uh, intro I did. It's very dramatic. If you'll bear oh. with me, love to hear this. <laughs> Tonight we speak of a dragon, a dragon of splendor. So brace, my dear patrons. I hope you can lend her air, a mind, a heart, and then more as we go down the rabbit hole and open this door. To a dragon of rainbows of shimmer and shine, a dragon of scales prismatic and fine, a dragon of wonder so fearsome and tough. So sit down, sit up, and hold tight to your cup. Yeah, but um. Whoa! Dang. <laughs> Someone came in very. I've I've been sitting on my 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 dragon freestyle. <laughs> okay. Okay. Boop. Yeah. Performance. Hot dang. Um, yeah. So you, yeah, you really sell this, um, and combined with your illusions, and especially, like, uh, Carl, uh, Carla comes up to you afterwards. She's just like a, ha, uh, she's this like orcish lady, and she's like, my goodness, honey, I've, you've improved your act since then. Um, this looked wonderful. Quite a story. Why, thank you, Carla. There's been no shortage of uh, inspiration as late. And I'll give a kind of like an exasperated, like, can things like just relax kind of look. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, she seemed. The, the crowd eats it up, even though you can, you can tell just from the general reception afterwards. Not everyone thinks it's true. A lot of people think you're just. Like making this up whole cloth, or not? Not a lot of people even think that you're just in, embellishing, right? They think you're just okay. That's interesting. Oh, I, I, I should actually, you know, I should have actually brought the scale with me and <laughs> just be at the end, just like, uh, yeah. like flash it out of my pocket and you, give them a wink. You make a resolve to do that uh, in your next, in your next performances. Yes. You know? So, perhaps the naysayers is, shall know. Yeah, the naysayers shall know. <laughs> um, on one of these nights, you notice a very familiar face in the crowd. It is your friend Holly. Ah, of course. Ah, uh, do you have a tracking device up my boot? You always know just where to find me. It's hardly a complaint. Yeah. Yeah, as the, uh... As the audience dies down, just... Well, you know, I... Well, I, I actually just happened to be in town, and I honestly wasn't expecting to see you working again. You know, I thought you'd been taken up by dragon madness for real. But I am so glad to hear to see you here. Oh my gosh, that was exciting. Oh my gosh. How much of that was real and how much of it was fake? And she just sort of, like, ah, wiggles around uh, her brows and I'll, just, like, enthusiastic. I'll, I'll, dra I'll dramatically stroke the beard I don't have and say, you know about a uh, thirty seventy, and I won't like specify which is which. <laughs> she uh, looks and just, she laughs and says, "Oh well, man, yeah. Sorry, I just got back into the city. This is it's been crazy at the gates, and they've been backed up for days with the stuff going on. Did the queen really bite it? Yes, no. It was. <sighs> it was." Horrible. It was. I mean, we were there the night in the moth keep. It no. was chaos. 
You were, oh, it's yes. Chaos? Yeah, geez. Yeah, it <laughs> certainly sounds like chaos. Too bad. <sighs> well, chaos is fun sometimes, but yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's it's really um got the whole city. Well, city, town, city. It's a city, I think. It, it, Turval is, in fact, one of the larger, uh, one of the larger uh, uh, places on in the world, right? Even like by the by the standards of the modern world, like like the world of Mardal is very sparsely populated. Turval itself is like thirty thousand people, um, and it's it's maybe the largest or second largest city in the continent. It's definitely the largest in the Southern Concord. Okay, gotcha. So if anything deserves to be called a city, this is a city. The whole city feels like it's been flipped on its head, but... What to do with these... Well, we think it's religious extremists, I don't know. I don't think I can ever understand them. Well, <laughs> yeah, they're there. You know, everyone's got objectives and sometimes it's just hard to understand them. You know, can I buy you a drink? I'll buy you some tea. Or do you want beer? Beer? Tea? We'll do either. Either? Both? I think it's a beer kind of night. It's been a long week. Okay, well, um, yeah, well, beer for us both, and she will happily buy you a beer. Any particular brew that you'd be looking for? Um, something, you know, light and elvish, if they have any. I do, would elves even make beer? Um, uh, but something light, yeah. Elven beer, that's a bit of a crazy long import from- crazy rare import, which the dolphin doesn't always carry. Um, so, you- that would be- let me roll some dice. Yeah, make us- make- just yeah, just order the most expensive thing on the menu when she's yeah. offering Artemis is a bad friend. Um, I rebuke you. Oh no, I did write with- Okay, well, you w you wouldn't be able to find specifically elvish brews among the taps of the uh, uh, among the taps of the disgruntled dolphins, yeah, the, of the disgruntled dolphin. You would be able to find uh, Vedropolitan ale imported, or perhaps Suridali ale from Hinholm if you'd really want to instead. Uh, Hinholm ale is, uh, you know, it's. Well regarded in its own right. Um, I'll try Suradali actually. You know, since we've um, another another Suradali uh, import to conquer. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, looming large on your mind as you think about the uh, various machines taking over the continents, and some of which have tried to take over a piece of the square. But you know, Holly just sips her beer, thinking over it. So, nothing crazy for you today, unfortunately. <laughs> no, um... <laughs> uh, no flips to do across the square, no odd characters to uh, sweeten up for you? No, we're just... I was just... Honestly, I just got back from Shand and the people there were, you know, just... Things are coming together, you know? Everything... Uh, we've just everything you've done, helping helping us, helping the Lord of Mirrors, you know. It's you're making a difference and I think I hope it's all worth it. You know, if you really want a task from me, 
pick flowers, give them to people you see around, and be nice to them. Oh, it really sounds like this Lord of Mirrors business you've been up to is... I don't know, it's just reframed. Holly telling me to pick flowers? Who are you? Hey, just because it's a bit more subdued doesn't mean it's any less important. I mean, I know the value of a... of a detail. It's yes. in the small print, you know? Yeah, this is every little thing you did makes it... or helps, you know? What you did in the what you did in the moth keep it helps and it all helps, and so thank you. But you know, I, I really appreciate um, you know you listening, and it's great. Yeah, it's always nice to catch up with you. It's nice to catch up to you. I probably can't stay for long. Probably got another route. Yeah, probably outbound for Illumint in you know honestly a day or two. So you know I I probably got to get myself situated here. But it was nice seeing you, and, uh, you know, give little Minerva my best, and, you know, Opal also. Just be sure to say hi to her for me. Yes, know that she'll have my ear off for not bringing you over, but I understand you're so busy. Yeah, gotta be on the move, unfortunately. But, you know, um, that's that. So, Artemis... With your downtime, you are also able to make a substantive portion of your, um, a, a substantive portion of your lifestyle for the week. Um, you would be able to make, I would say, 25 gold pieces with your performance. Um, however, owing to your family, you'd probably take like I think is your uh, is your lifestyle expenses three gold pieces for you and your family. I think we did. I think we did say free. Yeah, okay, it's one up yeah, from comfortable. So. You net 10 gold pieces uh, here, but... Uh, uh, net positive? Net positive 10, because, like, let's uh -huh. say 25 minus 15. Cool, cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is there anything else you want to do? Uh, no, just uh, love my wife and daughter. I guess. Okay. Take a breather. Okay, yeah. You just breathe, take it easy. Um... For real, though. I was trying to make an In the Heights reference, but I couldn't think of the lyrics fast enough to uh, get quite with it. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, in any case. Fosa. You return to St. Neva's Abbey. The familiar sandstone bricks. And... Uh, I'm gonna throw you off a bit, and by put you in your character confrontation a bit beforehand, unfortunately. Um, and so, a few days in, uh, as the rumors propagate out to the city, you are called into the, uh, office of the abbot, uh, Sir Orpheus. Uh-oh. He doesn't look happy, does he? No. Oh. So, as you enter Sir Orpheus's, um, Sir Orpheus's office, which is fairly small, because like pretty much everything in the Abbey is small and Spartan, but you know, which is, it had it's large enough to have the luxury of a desk and a few chairs, and a fireplace, you know, 
relatively nice. With the, let's see, looks at you with the, uh, uh, with the, uh, burgundy banners of the Ascendancy behind him. He says, So, how long did you know? How long did I know? What service? Do not play games with me, uh, Operative Foza. I know your capabilities. You know what I'm talking about. So, we may speak plainly. We should speak plainly. So, Arthas, this isn't something that was mine to share. It was her decision. Yes. Yes, perhaps it was. But it is also in the Ascendancy's interest to know these things. We're in a position where we could gain considerable power over the crown by having someone with our sympathies sitting on the throne. Do you realize that? We could solve so many things, like, uh, you know, our, our, we, our coffers would be much fuller and allow us to reach out for more charity work and whatnot, you know. We could spread the holy light of the High Marshal. Yes, I, I know, and I apologize, but I couldn't disrespect Keldan's boundaries like that. Operative Foza, your duties are to the Ascendancy. They're not to, they're not to the city. They're not to your friends, and they are not to, even though she is Ascendancy herself, Dam Keldan de Burka. You work for us. If I cannot trust you, can I really have you? Can I really have you lodged here? I suppose you can't, can you? No, and penitence is possible. All things are well and good in the hands of the High Marshal. But, you know, we... You must not lose sight of, of the true objective of spreading the High Marshal's words to the farthest corners, uh, to the forbidden wastes of, of Surdal, to Kelberon, to the edicts themselves. They must hear the words of the High Marshal resonating and what you are doing, Operative Foza, is standing in our way. Is that all, sir? Well, I suppose the question is where you want to go from here. Is your light, the light of, Z of St. Chiara, the first paladin bringing... Zariel's holy lights to the furthest corners, or would you leave us in darkness? I will try better to rectify my mistakes, Sir Arthas. I'm watching you. No compromises. Not even for one as much as her. Yes, Sir Arthas. Alright. So, after that uncomfortable conversation, Orpheus kicks you out of his office, and you're again, you, you again find yourself in the abbey, it's, or in the wider bit of the abbey. Uh, his, his office would exit out into the central gardens, and you would see a very number of people just tending 
uh, tending the gardens as the evening hours fall. You feel... I'd imagine you feel uncomfortable, although if you wish to say otherwise, I don't know. What, what is Fosa feeling yeah, at this? I'd, I'd definitely be feeling very uncomfortable. For sure. Yep. And uh, a little bit ashamed. Yeah. Okay. But, Zoe, zoom the car- camera about out a bit again, narratively. Uh, what would Fosa be doing? You are staying in the Abbey, though, right? Yes. Okay. So what is Fosa doing exactly in the Abbey? Uh, I would be tending to my duties as an acolyte like I always do. And I would be trying to catch up with Keldan and maybe ask her if she would give me a bit of combat advice and maybe ask her to do a bit of sparring if she'd be willing. Yeah. So, your duties as an acolyte, nominally, uh, your specific duties as an acolyte fall seconds to your uh, duties as an ascendancy operative. So, um, really... Most a lot of this is uh, secondary to you, and so you're mm-hmm. a bit obviously yeah. clumsy. Um, one of the acolytes, acolyte Alva, looks at you as uh, as you attempt to clumsily prepare food, and there's a bit of disapproval, right? Like, you know, uh, you know, you, you don't do the best job of like uh, stirring the communal meat, and while Alva is able to salvage things, you're a bit clumsy and like. Uh, just come a little, yeah. You come a little close to, um, um, uh, to ruining the uh, meal. However, you do spend some time there, and you know it. You feel uh, the Abbey. Uh, um, well, Orpheus's leadership definitely made you a little uncomfortable. You know, the Abbey itself remains comforting and warm. Uh, for your time there, and as you've made clear that you're expected to stay, uh, in, uh, you're expected to stay out of things for a bit, um, you know, you get, uh, you, you do, uh, get, um, that sense of just relative peace, and you stay, and you perform your duties. You talk with Keldan, and she is almost constantly being followed around by Shisori, whether she wants to or not, and she's, like, conspiratorially whispering with you about, like, you you, you, you two legit attempt to just ditch Shisori a couple times. Um. <laughs> uh, and, like, she ultimately uses magic to help find you, um, so you can't get too far away, but, you know, uh, the, uh, one-armed tiefling is rather... She's understanding, but also just does not want to... Uh, it, not willing to actually uh, leave Keldan alone. But, um, you know, you do some sparring, I'll say. Uh, da, da, da. Make me... <sighs> Thinking of how I want to say this. Make me just an attack roll as a general, like, how adept you work with your sparring. 
Um, uh, with any with anything? Or... Anything of your choice. Anything that that Foza would realistically be using and all. Oh, oh god. No. Oh god. Natural one. Oh, god. Uh, man. Jesus Eva, Christ. I, I don't know where your bad luck comes from. It's like I swear. But like uh, it, it, it obviously sir this man obviously does. Yeah, I think that might be an expression. Like you get a natural one, kill Dan, who's been happily, happily, happily well or she's Definitely trying to push things in the back of her mind, but she's she represses hard and she Kill Dan will say, um, definitely welcomes the uh, offer for combats. Um and, you know, as you spar in the gardens, it's a bit tight, right? And or well, actually the ascendancy would have the Abbey would have a training room. Not as large and as not not as like um the the training yard would not be as like wide as um the um as some of the training camps you've seen from the ascendancy like the pertinax encampments or some of the stuff in shand but you know it is a place to go um go practice mm -hmm. and one of these nights you and keldan just with shisori sort of at least in the next room um but uh watching like a hawk you know you do just go you, you go at it and like you know um it's you don't do a very good job, unfortunately. Um, you think your form is clumsy, and um, this would be perhaps the next day, let's say the 13th, after your um, after your talk with Sir Orpheus. So his words have been hanging heavily on your mind, this conflict of, like, duty to the Ascendancy and the High Marshal and everything versus, you know, duty to your friends and duty to the city, you know? That's... those values really are weighing heavily on you. And so it is, that's, um... It also doesn't help that you are fighting with a dagger, and Kildan, fast as you are, is fighting with Light's Glory, her spear. You know. And so, you're skilled, but unfortunately, you don't do a wholly great job of, like, combating a fully armored paladin with a, wielding a spear, you know. Yeah. It's, it's really not your day, so the, the equipment's not in your favor it's either. Like, it's, like a, it's like an axe user trying to hit a sword user in Fire Emblem. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, or I think more aptly, it would be a... Uh, oh, wait. It would be a lance user fighting a sword user, right? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, ha, I remember I weapon triangle. I haven't played yeah. Fire Emblem in years, so... Um, but in any case, um, Keldan does notice that things are wrong, and she does ask you... Um, what is... what exactly is wrong? I... may have made a bit of a mistake in my judgment recently. That is unfortunate. So if it's too happy with me not telling him that well, you know. For what it is worth, I am glad that you didn't, that you did not, and I was not ready, and not, it was not time. Um, so, I, I am grateful. Um, I am still awaiting what exactly the, the, uh, 
small council will determine. Um. But, um. I do not know, and. I, uh. You know, uh, perhaps we will. We will play it by ear, and. Even if. Even if. The Duchess does ultimately take this, you know. We will find a way to make it right with the people. And hopefully a peaceful transition in any case. A peaceful resolution can be found. We can only hope to do as much good as possible. Yes. So, Shisori leans in and she says, I have been thinking many things about this. Yeah. Perhaps we may be able to, how do you say, find some documents that Liarl may have had. Her royal cryptex may have contained several thoughts that we would need to break into it to locate. And that may be sufficient proof that would cow many things, even that, uh, even that unscrupulous duchess herself, uh, to this kind of thing. Perhaps if we were to, uh... Locate well, not the the cryptex itself is very simply located in the royal archive. However, the password for it is something we would need to locate. Well, I must say all this political stuff is kind of quite frankly over my head. It makes it quite hard to speak with my ties to the ascendancy, but. Acquiring these documents, something I should be able to do with the help of the others. Yes, well, I shall be, as you say, I shall, I shall search for them, uh, or any signs of them, and though I imagine a good many of them will be kept in the moss keep, so... Our access to them may be restricted. I think it would be the best way out. But for the good of the city, perhaps that would be a way to look. I shall keep looking. I shall keep thinking of this, and the Royal Cryptex is... holds many secrets, and perhaps it would have Liorel's secrets as well. Indeed. Well, um, I should probably be going then. Um, I apologize for wasting your time, Keldan. Okay. So, uh, let's see. Nemia, or not Nemia, Foza, since you stayed at the Abbey, you will not have a downtime cost since we're just saying that's full, part of your acolyte background. I think Nemia, technically, you shouldn't either have, have a living cost either. However, I'm saying that since you're performing, um, you're essentially, the board, the cost is essentially allowing to live a slightly higher, uh, quality of life than you would have had. Uh, yeah, it, that's been working. Okay. But, a couple things. Um, everyone roll me a d20 if you could. Uh, is there is there something else that I'd be able to do? Sure. Um, uh, what, what would you be trying to do? Uh, with, with the time that I have, would I know where I could procure and 
alchemist kit. Sure. Um, you'd be able to buy that in the, uh... Actually, this is a narrative opportunity, so I'm gonna ignore the d20s, unfortunately. But, um... Foza, yeah. On the 14th of Fessurin, a few days, one thing's... Or, you're going to Silvertone Square, you're intending... Or, you're... You go, and you find what looks to be a, um, y this is a herbalist kit or poisoner's kit? Or alchemist's uh, kit? Uh, a... I think I'd pick up, I, I think I'd like to pick up both a poisoner's and an alchemist's kit. Alchemist supplies you'd be able to find from the, uh, uh, you'd be able to find, uh, in some of the shops off of the um, off of Silvertone Square, you'd be able to find at a um, a uh, there's a uh, there's a shop in the uh, in the northwest corner of Silvertone Square known as Vardimir's Elixirs. Uh, it's run by this really weird uh, very elf ra who just sort of like radiates chaotic energy. But you'd be able to um, get from them. The um, the necessary components for a um, for an alchemist supplies that would actually run you fifty gold pieces, and then for right. a poisoner's poisoner's kit would actually also run you for fifty gold pieces. All right, I have enough for that. All right, I'll say you'd actually both be able to procure both of these supplies from Vardimir's elixirs. So. It's not marked as a numbered location on the map, but it is, in fact, this uh, building with the little widgets hanging off it in the square. Foza, mm -hmm. as you're walking back from, or as you're departing uh, Vardimir's Elixirs with your new Poisoner's Kit and Alchemist's Kit in tow, well, or in your bag, wherever you're keeping them, there are crashes from down the street at you. You hear people rioting, loud sounds, and you hear the sounds of breaking, uh, of breaking glass and of uh, stones striking the building. Loud, dis indistinct cries. And you look down the build, down the street. See, in burgundy robes, a group of a mob of people just um, throwing stones at the wheel's refuge. Ascend. Okay, I see. I see people wearing ascendancy cloaks, throwing rocks at the wheels' refuge. Yes. Yes. All right. Yeah, I, I try. I try to break this up. Yeah. Uh, make me two things. Make me an athletics check and make me a charisma check, in general. Oh boy, I'm definitely great at those two things for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, you, seeing this, you quickly stow your items and attempt to uh, beeline it to the Wheel's Refuge and just break this up. But a good many of the people just, like, look at you and laugh at you as you, uh, stop, you go. Stop! And what are you doing? Stop this! They laugh, and many of them just, like, beeline, and they scatter to all corners of the, of the place. And you are left with lots of people just 
looking bewildered onwards as the, uh, as it appears the Ascendancy has attacked the Wheel's Refuge. Nothing major, no major damage, lots of property damage, like fruits, paints, a couple bricks, maybe a window broken or two. Nothing major, but, you know, definitely confusing and perplexing. This is lovely. Yeah, people look at you and they just... They look at you and they look at your burgundy robes and they just... shake their head disapprovingly. This is because of the Duchess? You don't like her? I do not say anything and I just... walk back to the Abbey. Okay. Um, yeah, you hang your head, your head in shame. The, uh, crushing weight of the soul. So. You all go through various bits of your, of your downtime. And various qualities. But, eventually, the night of the 15th, you find yourself, um, again, at the, uh, the noble duck, perhaps reminiscing with each other, face to face. So, um, how have you all been doing these last few days? It's been good. It's frankly just nice to be home. Nice to, uh, take a break. I know Opal has been worried sick, and um, <laughs> frankly, I don't blame her. But, um, how have you two been? You three. Nemia would be here, even though oh, she, sorry, has yes. she does have to step out. And But, um, yeah. Nemia is narratively here. Yes. How have you three been? I... Uh... There's a lot going on in the city right now, and uh, I'm not not quite sure I can be doing well with all of the business with troops coming in and threats from up north, but I hope we can figure this out sometime soon. I won't go into detail about it, but things could be... A lot better. Yeah. Nemia had to step out, but, uh, or well, Brenna had to step out, but Nemia will inform you also of her uncomfortable dealings with, uh, Lady Euterpe. And, um, when I was doing shopping the other day, I saw something that was quite troubling. I saw people wearing ascendancy robes. Doing some damage to a. Sorry, what was it again? Uh, the Wheels Refuge, which is the. Uh, it's the central. Uh, it's the biggest uh, church yeah. in the city. It's the. Uh, it's the yeah, main church sorry. of the. It's the main church of the Church of the First Mind, and it, the Church of the First Mind is the largest machinist sect in the city. Mm -hmm. Who notably are also. Uh, from the rumblings you've gotten, a lot of the a lot of the uh, followers of Primus are aligning themselves with Vilya, who is a more known entity to them. Um, so 
you know, that's a thing. <laughs> well, they might be of that cult we did see that they had the clothing of ascendancy. I can only hope that that's the case, things that the Abbey are tense. Why the this these cultists would want to be trying to um, make the ascendancy look bad and ruining Keldane's chance at queenhood is beyond me. I feel that they might even be allying themselves with Vilia if they took out the old queen and doing this stuff to the queen's heir. What I don't know what that might mean. I'm honestly just concerned for Kaldan's safety. I, the fact that these rumors are out there really concern me. Quite a bit. I don't suppose, suppose you'd mind if I cut in? And you see, uh, they very long-haired, very always very flamboyantly dressed figure of Genlin. Approaching. Oh, Genlin! Yes, hello, my dear. And they, like, uh, they're dressed like a peacock. Like, they're pretty much, oh, basically anytime they can get away with it, that you've met them, they, they are. Um, basically they're, they're, um, wearing what looks to be a dress, sort of, that also just tapers off into a suit at the top. It's the most absurd and flamboyant thing you've ever seen. And you're wondering how this person was ever a dog hand, how they got such flamboyant clothes, or if they're a dog hand specifically just to support this lifestyle. <laughs> I do have to say it, I love your outfit. Yeah, well, I think you'd be the first. Everyone's everyone's making fun of it, unfortunately. Yeah. And you and I thought they, I would realize they deflate a little. Well, how have things been here, my buddies, my pals? Uh, have things been going good? Kayla's not been giving you too much trouble, has she? Oh, she's been a sweetheart. I'm sure she has been a very sweet heart. But yes, I can attest to that. Well... I have news for you that may find interest of you. Well, wait, no, that's that, that. Pretend I said that more coherently. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Already done. Yeah, but um, you asked me to look into ships with the names Shard, and, you know, we, we found a few things. We found quite a few things. Kel or, uh, Kalath was, uh, she noticed it perhaps before I did, but, you know, uh, very, very interesting. Uh, Pier 14 of Lightport, you know? We found something, or Tidewall Pier 14. Uh, we found something interesting. Oh? There is a boat there, and it's been it's been going some really interesting days, um, you know? Of the past five days, there's, it's been there three times, and it's been really squirrely. It's been, you know, it's been, it's been interesting, you know? Uh, 
As Doc 16, you said? Uh, I think I said 15. Oh, no, 15. 14? I think it was 14. I'm sorry. I'm. Uh, no, I'm just deaf. Don't mind me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going crazy. The name of this boat that you saw. The Tides Shard. So it was there five day five nights ago, and then it was off for two nights, and then back for the last two nights. Including tonight. So, I thought that was that was an odd pattern, you know, I thought it would either be all in port or all out of port. Why is this thing moving around so much? But you know, I guess I guess we found out something. It's a bit conspicuous, that's what I'm saying. Thank you, this is very helpful, and I'll slide him two more gold. They will accept it very very graciously. I'll uh, I'll top it up to five. Uh, well, I'll top up five more on top of it. So, you have basically... Basically, your consistent services are always appreciated by Ganlin and Kalath, and, you know, they're all too happy. Whatever supports their uh, sweets and ridiculous clothing habits... Um, you know, they're more than happy to I'd, do this. I'd like to believe we, we as a group personally funded this outfit. 100%. Ed Cannon, number two. Um, let me see. Yes, no, no, yes, yes. It's nine, isn't it? So, seems to be. <laughs> yes, and to be clear, um, the night that Genlin is talking about, um, the last match is tonight, essentially. So then, the night after tomorrow, yes, no, but I don't think that the night after tomorrow night, because we need more nights in that sentence. Um, the boat will be back at that dock. I don't know where you're getting that handsome, but I, I think that seems right. And they just, like, wiggle their eyebrows suggestively. Like, everyone, I have plenty of NPCs who just, like, wiggle their eyebrows all the time, but, like, this is, uh, Genlin is, like, I don't know, we'll say, we'll say they're really talented at it. Not you too. What, you have some trouble with this? That little, little, little lady mask? And then from the behind Genlin, there's this like large imposing presence and Winston comes and he, he just picks uh, Genlin up by the scruff of the neck and Genlin like just whoop! And he, he's, <laughs> they're held up like a, like a cat. It's a very undignified pose and, and Winston says, this one bothering you? No, 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 it's fine. Not at all, Winston. Well, if they are, then I can get I can get them out of there. Don't want to scare away my best customers, lass. Understandable. We appreciate the uh, vigilant eye, Winston. Uh, he sets Genlin down and he says to them, Okay, well, watch yourself. As the night draws on, and you seem to have a way forward, anything you guys are doing is to close this thing out. I'm, I'm, I 
I'm tempted. To... Okay. Um, I guess the question I'd ask the table is, you know, the literal table. Um, the duck is, do we want to go to the uh, dock 14 tonight? I would say definitely yes. Uh, For sure. Yeah. Seems very. I'm not gonna say yes, but I'm not gonna say no. Like, I feel a little more planning would be better. Like, going there and, like, staking out might be good, but actually, like, involving ourselves with it yet might not be the best idea. Fair enough. Okay. Well. So. Armed with this new info, as you see Genlin off, perhaps a little uncomfortably. Yeah. But you return a bit more determined, and though you're gonna have a bit of... You're not quite as free as you used to be, you know? You're determined to go help the city. And as chaos begins to descend seemingly from all around, um, you know, there's things going on, um, but... I think that is where we're going to cut the session, so, you know. Ahoy! <laughs> hope this one was uh, good for you guys. Uh, hope the little, uh, that little downtime round robin wasn't too much. No, it was fine. Oh, I was, that was good. It was really good, yeah. Hope to flesh out some of the characters a bit more. Yes, I feel very uncomfortable now. Thank you. <laughs> very much. <laughs> No, when I was having that conversation with William, like, I have to choose my words very carefully because I can very easily get in a heated conversation again. I'm like, I don't want to do that right now. I don't. And she kept saying things. I'm like, mmm. I kind of wanted no. to. I kind of wanted to have a scene where she's, like, not, like, just totally this overbearing boomer, you know? Oh, you think, you think your conversation was heated? Oh, no, no, I understand that. <laughs> no, I was trying not to have a heated conversation, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, like, I'm, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just joking. No, no, yeah, yeah. No, RJ, you think mm. your conversation was heated? Please. Don't, don't even, Jonah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't even. <laughs> Alright, you had a great time out there, alright? Don't, don't, don't even. Don't ask me. I was told to pick flowers, RJ. I'll never recover. Going to that library earlier, that just reminded me of the thing Matt Colville always says. The players never care about the lore, and it's like, no, that's not true. That's obviously not true. I'm so invested in Cyrodiil. I don't know why. It's not incredibly relevant, So I want to know more about it. Full disclosure, if there ever is a Crusaders of the Wheel campaign 2, it's probably going to be uh, set in the frozen north, and it's going to be like... Hunting down, it's gonna be like sh probably gonna be like hunting down machines, you know. And it, it's very unapologetically, as, as I've said, the Horizon Zero Dawn continent. So you know, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing to apologize for. Jeez. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. slightly more nuanced than that, but that's like largely the major feel. I'll make sure I play someone tall. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, that's the session. Uh, no magic items or anything tonight, unfortunately, and we're breaking the yeah. pattern of leveling you guys up on sessions uh, multiplied by three, but, you know, you got character development and a bit of lore, so, you know, 
The real magic items were the friends you made along the way. Or the friends you lost. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we all have magical powers, so that's actually technically true if you want to objectify people. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, but... Thank you all for playing. Um, yeah. Was, I, I had fun, too, so... You know. Thanks for hosting. Yeah, and thanks for giving me a bit of time to opine on the lore of the world. Thanks for making such a cool world to make us want to uh, explore the lore of. Yeah, um, yeah. So next time, yeah, staking things out and hopefully having a grudge match with, uh, uh what's her name? Uh, Inasha. <laughs> <laughs>